welcome to Death Metal Dukes! What the fuck? Hey, man, we're uh, happy to be back in your ears on this podcast. Another exciting episode, Death Metal Dicks. Welcome back into the void with Christopher Pierce and Buddy Lloyd. This week, my friends, we have taken a turn of the abnormal. Are we tired of covering serial killers and murders? Absolutely not. But is there more things to talk about? Absolutely. Is it our podcast? Absolutely. We do whatever the fuck we want. Fucking right. Uh, as long as it's entertaining. <laughs> but we uh, have done a couple of episodes about conspiracies before, and they just get huge. I don't know. I'm not great at the internet, and you're terrible at the I'm internet. fucking awful at it, man. So we did an episode on um, Missing 411 was like the most conspiratorial one that we've done. And that's murder related because so many people just go missing from national parks, never get found again. And their clothes are found. It was a great episode. If you haven't heard that, if you're new, go back and listen to Missing 411. But I don't know what forum this is getting posted on. I don't use Reddit at all. So I would assume like a Reddit. I mean, I will Google the podcast to try to figure out what's going on. So if you know... What the fuck's going on with the missing 411 episode and why it keeps flourishing and getting brought up over and over again? Let me know. Uh, I think people love Sasquatch. I think people love conspiracies. And we do too, but in a different way than most. (laughs) Uh, So this week we decided to go in for another conspiracy because we know that you want it. We want it too. And if we're all on the same page, why not talk about some current shit that's super spooky that even though it's been in the media within the last month, it's that here's the thing with social media, mainstream media, all the sources of news. Now I of course think that all forms of media were invented for the government to tell you how to feel about certain things. I mean, from the early printing press that they used to print the new Testament, which was a direct way to tell you to obey X, Y, and Z, or you would go to hell. Government control. Ready. (laughs) Dirty. Ready to go to hell too, my brother. And then on and on in history, propaganda is always the leading source of media advancement. Not going to take you down that conspiracy road. The way media is today, something will flash into the news. It'll sit there for one day. The most interesting story you've ever heard. The internet will freak out about it. And then someone will touch somebody or Donald Trump will say shithole, and all this actual interesting story will go down the shitter. It'll never be seen again. And back in December, uh, something that ties into what we're talking about tonight came out, and it's absolutely insane. And when I heard it the day it came out, I was blown the fuck away. How am I hearing about this on CNN instead of Infowars or Coast to Coast AM or a website that ends in .info or .news. It's real shit. And it's been brought to the forefront and people don't give a fuck. They care more about what the celebrity is doing today. Yep. and uh, Or maybe they don't and that's just what's forced down our throats so much 
that we're in this pattern of thinking what we're told to think. But I did not forget. I read the story and got, again, totally sidelined. And so what I wanted to talk about tonight, you've probably figured out by now, is Skinwalker Ranch. We're going to talk about Tom DeLonge from Blink-182, Jesse Ventura, and the millions upon millions of virgins that believe in aliens worldwide. Skinwalker Ranch, a.k.a. Sherman Ranch, a.k.a. Gorman Ranch, is obviously a ranch. It's located in Utah, and it has experienced every single type of paranormal activity. I'm talking about ghosts, skinwalkers, aliens, big feet, anything you can think of that you would associate with something beyond humanity. Even fucking werewolves. Even man. werewolves. Anything. Except I have never heard of a Frankenstein at Skinwalker Ranch, but I'm sure we may find some human genetic tampering by the time we're done with this whole thing. It's all there. All of it. And the property is currently owned by Robert Bigelow, who is a hotel tycoon turned space main... I'm talking about this guy went from owning a giant amount of hotels, a conglomeration, being super rich, turned that into being involved with all things space, intergalactic, UFO, in cahoots with the government to the highest echelon. I mean, now he works for NASA. Before he worked through NASA, the way that he channeled his way up the government, just being a private citizen, is absolutely bananas. And that's what we're going to talk about here tonight, buddy. I cannot wait for these virgins to get a date. <laughs> We're going to set everybody up tonight with a date, man, because the the truest of true are going to fucking cover a topic that you can't even screw. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into the thick of it, of course, we're going to have to run over some business. First of all, our live show in Bentonville, Arkansas, Bike Rack Brewing. It is... January 28th, that's a Sunday night. There's two shows. I'm honestly not 100% sure of the format. What I do know is it's free, and we're trying to do a whole reservation setup thing, and it it's too much. So it's first come, first serve. Uh, I keep updating you with the information that I have, but from what I understand right now, the, there's one show, the doors will be at 7 o'clock, and... Bike Rack Brewing's big. They have got a brew house with a stage. And that's where they do comedy shows. They have uh, bands that come play there. So it's inside the brew house. So they make beer. It's a giant warehouse. And they put out chairs. It's really nice. Good sound. So we're going to be in there. And the, the format of the show is going to be a stand-up comedy show. You'll get to see me do some comedy. You'll see our producer Mark do some comedy. See Sam Talent do some comedy. And then, after that, we're going to record a podcast. Now... Originally, I thought we should do two podcasts. We got two funny comedians that'll be there. That'll be an interesting one to do and put them out for patrons. However, I started thinking about time constraints and often, I mean, we basically try to fit every episode of this podcast within an hour and rarely anymore does that happen. We just blow that out. I write what I think is going to be 60 minutes of content and sometimes it goes on for 90 plus. So I don't want to make anyone suffer by trying to rush it and Sam Talent who's going to be the guest on the podcast he chose John Bonet Ramsey for the crime and that's thick you know so I'm not here's what I can say is that 
I hate to brainstorm with you guys. If you have suggestions, let me know. I think we should do one comedy show, then do the live podcast, and then do another comedy show. And let the podcast a lot, maybe two hours for the podcast, right? So you could come in at 7 o'clock, okay? And you could watch a great comedy show. And I think people will show up from the advertisements of it just being a comedy show that the uh, Bentonville comedy page puts where, out. Where is that? So the advertisements are the Bentonville comedy page. I can't find anything online about it. Yeah, they have like, uh, there's no, there's nothing. The, the way that this, I, I hate, I feel like I'm rambling. Uh, the, the, the way that this group that does comedy shows, promotes shows, it doesn't matter who the comedian is, what is going on there. They just run a universal ad. They do a comedy night. It's it it's like comedy night. It doesn't say any names. You know, they're not uh, a club. They're not trying to tout one thing. It's a it's one guy who kind of made this organization. He knows what he's doing. He knows how he's like a marketing major. He knows how to like spike people's interest in shit. So he does that. And uh, they were going to set it up with like all this stuff, but it's out of the norm for them. So he doesn't do it himself. He has a web guy do it. This is just so much to say on a podcast. But anyway, uh, it, that doesn't matter. The, the thing is, is that it's going to be, I mean, everyone that's listening to this in Northwest Arkansas, which is a lot of you, uh, you will you know about it. And whatever we post about it, you just follow those instructions. If anything changes, you'll be updated. But from what I understand, there's going to be two shows. I want you to come watch me do comedy, and then I want you to stay for the podcast. I think the best way to do it, and it may not be this way, is to do the comedy show up top. That's going to take... We'll try to keep it to like 70 minutes, you know, and then do the podcast. So if we, if you come in at seven, we start the comedy show at seven 30, we're over with the comedy show by eight 20. We start the podcast by eight 30. We do the podcast from eight 30 to 10 and then do the second comedy show rather than do a comedy show podcast, comedy show podcast, because in the second podcast is going to go on forever. If that's the format, then we're going to put Sam on the second one. Cause that I, I'm not like, it's going to be fun and I don't want to limit that one. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's not a slight against the other guests. It's just that I know that's going to be a, a banger. So to cram that in within an hour for sure, I think is detrimental. Yeah. So, and plus this is a lot of effort. Uh, this doing this with the research and how much I have to talk is, a, is harder on me than doing the comedy show. I mean, I know I, that got, that's like memorized backwards and forwards. You know, this is research that I've done and written out and then have to go back through and read it for over an hour. Yeah. The thing is like, Chris does a majority of the research and sometimes like, he'll go, Hey, what should we do? I might come up with a topic. He may come up with a topic. I just get fucking hammered. And then we discuss it and I might like do a little bit of research. So we somewhat know what we're talking about. And I just get fucked up and then make some comments. People like it. But Chris really puts in a shitload of effort in this. So to see it live will probably be, you know, it'll be pretty fucking cool, man. Because he's a smart motherfucker. So what I'm getting at is that uh, it's more of an exertion of effort. And it's not that it's like fucking daunting and hard on me. We're going to have a great time. All I'm saying is that we're trying to figure out the format. We have not done a live podcast yet. So we're just trying to figure it out, man. And it's going to be a ton of fun. There, if you do, all I'm trying to get at with my suggestion is if you want to come, I would say your best bet for right now is to plan on being there at seven o'clock. It's a Sunday. You're going to come in. You're going to watch me, Sam, Mark do some comedy and that's going to be a blast. And then we're going to chug a beer, set our podcast shit up and blast through a tremendous podcasting event. 
and you want to be there for that. So come in. I want fans of the podcast there because otherwise the comedy shows there are huge by themselves. So that's what I'm trying to get at. That's the whole the 20 minutes that I'm just ram. I am for first of all, I've been off Adderall. I'm back on it. I'm flying high again, again, again. Uh, I just slammed a coffee too on top of taking an Adderall while ago. I'm going. So just be there at seven o'clock. Make that plan now. If that changes, I'll let you know. But I want you there for the podcast, and I don't want a bunch of people who just want to see me and Sam do comedy. I want the real fans. You know what I'm saying? So. Come at seven. Uh, if we talked and I told you your name is on, and you're good to go, still be there early, but I will make sure to accommodate you. That's it for the show. That was long as fuck. Quick business again. If you like this podcast and you want to help us out, something super simple, just give us a five star review and make a comment on iTunes. You do not have to say anything in specific. It's not to stroke me and Buddy's ego about doing a good job. It's just the way that this business is. The only way to get your podcast on the charts is to have interaction. And that's only assumed. You know, Apple does not give out their information. You cannot see how many subscribers you have. You can use an outside service to see how many people listen. It's a mystery. But I do know, we all know, that the more interactions that you have with your podcast you're going to be moving up the charts. Now, we have been, uh, and you can't, again, you can't tell who does what. You just have to know how to snoop around. We've been so close to breaching the top 200 podcasts. And then the number one podcast is getting 30 million listens for a week. We're not anywhere within that realm, but there's a big gap between the top and bottom. It gets a top 200. And once you get into that thing, if you can stay there, that's where, you start getting sponsorships and things like that. We don't do this for money at all, but you know it makes it easier. And that's all we want is to ease this and do more things that are hilarious. That's really my whole goal in life is to get to a point where everything that I think is funny between me and my friends, we can just actualize that and then make it free entertainment. And that's the way the world's going. If you haven't seen that swing, just the way that YouTube is free entertainment is the future. And we want to be on that wave. Um, some of our fans and and we're thankful every week we get more and more reviews and responses and we love it. Thank you so much. It it really does mean a lot because even though I say it's just a little thing to do some of that, I mean, if you're like me and I know we have a big metal crowd, which we should, I, my patience for messing with my phone and technology is not there. So believe me, just going through and doing that, I really, really appreciate that. We really, really appreciate that. We have some people that listen that are blowing us away by becoming patrons. Patreon.com backslash death metal dicks. That's a website where they made it so you can connect more and support artists that you appreciate what they're doing that do a free sort of art. We've got different things that we reward patrons with. Uh, I just got stickers today, uh, for example, and anyone that's that's a patron can expect to get a handful of those stickers. So if you're listening now, you're going to get a handful of stickers. Just hit me with your address and I'll lace you up in in the sticker game. Uh, some people have, have hit me up about they don't want to do a monthly service. They just want to do a one-time donation. You can do that now. It's uh, deathmetaldicks at paypal.com if you do paypal. Also, uh, K-R-I-S-T-O-F-E-R, Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E on Venmo, just like that. 
uh, you can send us a one-time donation. If that's something you want to do, again, we're just blown away that people are listening to this podcast. I talk to people almost every day. And sometimes it's unnecessary about the podcast. It'll be just about like, hey, I've been listening to this. Have you listened to this band? And I enjoy that because I'm, you know, we're both like avid metalheads, and we want to know about like what's a fucking kick-ass black metal band, or what's a kick-ass, well, who's got the heaviest fucking wrist right now? What's a yeah. band? And I love yeah. that shit, man. And I and and it does. Sometimes it's like, oh man, I have talked to you and responded to you for three days, but it is because we get bombarded. Yeah. And but it doesn't have everything to do with like us being, you know. Oh, fuck this. We're blowing it off. We we, we truly do care about everybody. And, Absolutely. And We're accessible. Awesome, and uh, again, you know, we started doing this podcast. We did not expect to have the size of audience we have already. And so we're learning along with that. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, all we want to do is is connect with people that we wouldn't normally connect with. I mean, I, one of the things I've always loved about metal uh, and even comedy is just the ability to get i mean i'm not talking like i am so over social networking social media it's a necessary evil in my life at this point but just the connection that people have always had through music through interest in serial killers the shit that we're into i mean tape trading it's a great thing we all have a common ground here we want to talk so feel free to hit us up anytime we're always out here for you uh i feel like that i i, I told myself in my head like hey let's make this segment Shorter than ever, and we, we blew it out. But again, I mean, the main point of all this is we, we just appreciate you guys so much for listening. And I know we're just saying that with words, but man, I, I mean, this really is everything, you know, outside of my family to me right now. And, and all I think about basically every day is how can I get to where I'm just doing this, period, you know? Yeah. And then that's thanks to you guys. You know, it's not something I thought was possible ever. I just thought we were doing a new hobby you know what i mean yeah and so uh yeah we'll get back into it i should oh actually one more thing i wanted to say about doing the podcast is i've gotten speaking of communicating with people i've gotten some some real funny emails and and if you want to email us it's deathmetaldicks at gmail.com people you know kind of complaining that we talk about serious things but we make light of it personally I'm a stand-up comedian. I, that, I focus my energy. You guys may have hobbies, jobs, whatever you do, you focus your energy, X amount of energy towards that. In everything I do, once you start doing comedy, what happens is you focus everything you have on being funny. So the way my brain works is that I will make fun of every single thing that comes across my plate. I'll find what's funny in it. And I will rip it. And that's just the way that my brain is. And I, for one, am sick and tired of crime dog. I mean, Dateline, all that shit. It's so, that is such a tired format. And the killer breaks into the room and removes the victim's shirt and uses it to strangle the victim to death with. How many times do you want to hear someone with a monotone voice say the same shit again? Look, we're trying to make it palatable. We're trying to make it fun because it it's a very tense subject. It's one of the most interesting aspects of humanity, and it needs to be discussed. And so we just try to do it in a fun, palatable way. We tr- we uh, do not make fun of the victims. You know, we don't uh, intentionally dwell on them unless they're also a shitty person, <laughs> which happens time to time. And we just try to make a light 
fun way to pallet true crime. And we're not the only people doing it. So if if that is not what you're into, just know that that's the type of thing we do. And it's like this with conspiracy theories. Dude, I watched so many little documentaries about UFOs and shit, and everyone's so serious. For what? We're, we're talking about aliens right now. What we're getting into is basically, if you're a fucking little pussy bitch, don't fucking listen to our shit. We don't care. I don't know if I... I what, 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 what? <laughs> Do you lift weights? Uh, no, nah, man. It, it really is um, for a certain market. So I, mean, I appreciate you checking us out if you heard about it. But if, if making light of terrible things isn't for you, get the fuck out. Go away. But thank you. <laughs> uh, and, and again, moving on. Uh, I should also put up front because I know exactly how this conspiracy shit works from doing the missing 411 thing. And again... Me and Buddy are old school conspiracy guys. We used to travel all the time, and late at night, the best thing to do is to put on Art Bell, coast to coast AM. You know what I mean? Sasquatch, aliens, Illuminati, satanic control over the government. All of that shit is what I was into. Now, I had to take a break from conspiracies because I just started going so hard, and that's what happens is you find yourself where you start believing everything that comes your way, you know? Like, when something comes across that's an absolute truth, like uh, Project Blue Book, you know, where the government declassified all that uh, alien information that they had, once you see something like that, all you can think about is, well, if they're going to hide all this shit, what else are they keeping from you? And then that opens the door for every single conspiracy. You have to examine it like, could this be true? Could Sasquatch have come inside of President Carter's ear hole and make him be this weird liberal peanut guy that tried to bring socialism into America, but the aliens came and took Bigfoot's cum out of his head and took that cum and put it in a demon who came with a group of pedophiles only to make negative energy for the Anunnaki war planet to absorb from this planet to really take control of the population and make us feel like we're working towards an attainable goal. Meanwhile, these giant reptilian entities are just jacking off to all the negative shit we're putting out. That's what happens to you. It sounds like a big, huge college water bong everything you just described like that's what the fuck happens man and i uh i i stopped smoking weed for a while because i just got sucked into this conspiracy gap and that's been hell you know 10 years so i took a long break from conspiracies and then we started doing this shit yeah i'm turned up and we started doing this shit and then uh i'm back in it i'm back on the horse because i got into this shit right here and it just sucked me back in Suck me the fuck back in because you hear a fact involved in this and then you go, that can't be true. There's no way. This is bullshit. The way that I just read it is some guy that's never put his penis in anything but something in his hand So came up with this theory. What you're saying is, is somebody who never got into no shit. Yeah. Getting into some pussy or some butts or whatever. They yeah, right. Do. Sure. Yeah. They never fucked. They never had sex with a man or woman. They're weird. And I think there is a total correlation between alien activity and sex. If you do not have sex, there is a much greater chance that you have had an alien interaction. Guaranteed. Well, well, let's, let's, let's get into it. All right. 
<laughs> All I'm saying is be careful. I try to make this one episode, and then especially now that I've yombled on, it's a two-parter. You know what I mean? This shit goes thick. Now, I just want to say that currently, again, we're not conspiracy guys. So all I was getting at is that if you don't agree with this and you have some other wild theory, that's fucking great. We'll talk about it online all the time. But just listen to this shit because I feel like I came up with the middle of the road truth. All right. So with Skinwalker Ranch, there is so much 100% confirmed. I mean, you can go online and find pictures Every single thing I'm going to tell you in this first episode, you can find a picture of it online. Uh, the family that this shit happened to originally, they knew that it sounded crazy, so they documented everything, which is a smart way to go. If you ever have some weird shit happen, document it, because no one's going to believe anything that you say. All right, so there's 100% confirmed events on Skinwalker Ranch. There are very interesting things that we're going to get into at play between Robert Bigelow, the government, and Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 fame. Pool parties and pizza parties. And this whole thing came back to me again on Saturday, December 16th, 2017. Politico and the New York Times posted reports tracing all the way back to 2007 of a little-known Pentagon program called the AATIP, which is the anagram for Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. The AATIP received over $20 million of their budget from Senator Harry Reid. And he allocated it from our defense fund, earmarked it into this organization, which was set up completely for UFO research. Robert Bigelow had his Bigelow Aeronautics Company and secured most of the original AATIP contracts. And what he did was he took a defense intelligence agent to Skinwalker Ranch early in 2007. And then he took that agent and what he saw back to Senator Harry Reid and convinced Harry Reid with just that one interaction to establish a UFO investigation program. Reid then went and met with the Pentagon officials and they agreed and decided to create the AATIP, earmarked the $20 million to the branch, and then they promptly took that money and invested it in Bigelow Aerospace's work. The AATIP was headed by military intelligence officer Luis Elzondo, and he stepped down from this organization in October of 2017, and that's what really got this ball rolling. Now, this was never classified. They never kept it a secret, but at the same time, they never put anything out about it. Which, the majority of the time when they when they do that, just speaking of, because I've listened to so many f- fucking podcasts and read so many different declassified things but they don't classify something is because there is no attention drawn to it so yeah yeah it's all it's almost until there better. is and then when there right. is they'll classify it yeah and it, exactly it's all it's better for the government to fly under the radar like that because when there's people that watch for them to classify something when they see something that's a public and then they classify it then the conspiracy theorists that watch this type of shit come out in droves and start to point out oh, I think it's this, I think it's that, I think it's this. So they were very uh, clear about the whole thing. Right after Elizondo stepped down from the AATIP, he announced he had joined the for-profit To The Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, which is the creation of Tom DeLonge from fucking Blink-182. And uh, what's the other fucking band he's in? 
Boxcar Racer. Oh god, that's really what funded this whole project. Is <laughs> Boxcar Car Racer. Because uh, it was like it's like ah, it's mediocre. Whatever wasn't the fuck, he you know? in uh, Angels and Airwaves too? Yeah, man. He has he's done the most of the Blink One Eighty Two. Well, Angels and Airwaves is just a code word for UFOs. Yeah, man, that was UFO <laughs> shit. I mean, the, I, look, let let me be real with you guys for a second. When I was twelve, thirteen. Oh yeah, that shit rocked your world. Dude. Okay, let me be even more frank with you guys. When I was twenty five, <laughs> I could put on that pop punk shit and just come buckets. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, loved it. Uh, right after Elizon. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm fucking. We're having some weird uh, YouTube problems, so I'm I'm rambling into the podcast. Anyway, thanks for tuning in on YouTube. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, this company that DeLong founded is set to study unexplained aerial phenomenon and has raised about $4 million, which is the most I've ever heard of for some type of alien shit, you know? Yeah. You had that fucking dork, Dr. Stephen Greer, and he had two documentaries, and he used Joe Rogan's podcast as a platform to fundraise for it. His first one got like a hundred and something thousand dollars. Second one, like two hundred and something thousand dollars. Now Stephen Greer did some legitimate things by he has what's called the declassification project, or the it's the declassified project, where what he wants is for the files that the government keeps classified that are supposedly. I mean, we don't know exactly what they're about, but. You know that there's a certain sect of military and government. They're old guys. They're for sure not having sex. There's no way that they're fucking anybody else ever again. And they that certain type of person will come forward with information that they have about Area 51 or whatever and talk about how the records are sealed. You know, like the Bill Coopers of the world. Yeah. How they saw this happen. They know it's on file, but it's classified information. You can't get to it. So he had this whole campaign to make these documentaries to declassify information. However, the problem with Dr. Stephen Greer is that legitimate part of it, just like everyone else that gets involved in conspiracy theories and aliens, they've got some kooky suspect aspect of what they're doing that ruins the whole thing. And Steve Greer's thing was that, you know, he's he's one of these aliens or a psychic phenomenon guys. I hate that shit. Yeah. Like aliens are not a physical, tangible entity. They are some sort of outside psychological force that only can come to you through the channels of your mind. And so he had this thing where... So basically like a demon. And that's yeah. what a lot of those Illuminati people think is that UFOs they're are demons. Yeah. They're like, these these aren't these are orbs. They're really big orbs, but they're demon entities coming from hell. Yeah. If there were so many of these UFO activities, how come we would be able to document it from satellite video cameras? Because what they're doing is they're coming in through spiritual channels. Oh, yeah. And that's why you're able to see them, because they're demons. This is what has always turned me off the most from... Uh, Illuminati shit. Uh, It's always tied into Christianity. It's always something with Jesus versus the devil. And you know, I'm riding for Satan, my guy. And if you make him the villain of your story, I'm not on your team. You know, so all your Illuminati conspiracy theory where they're they're, there. It's it's God trying to keep person A from person B. Uh, God's trying to keep you put into a hole uh, and uh, or uh, they're trying to keep you away from God. The government's trying to put you in a hole just so you can't worship Jesus and make it into heaven. Uh, all that is absolute abject 
it just turns me off. And, 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 and the idea that demons are a psychic phenomenon. Now, from what I listened to Stephen Greer, is he was he wasn't that type of dude. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. He, he was just straight up doing meditations. And they're like, I'm going to make contact with these beings by projecting my third eye into space. And then they will show <laughs> themselves to me and watch me hit this fucking sweet bowl and fucking ra- go around the side <laughs> of it. It's going to make a ding noise. And then all of a sudden, there are some fucking... Sp- weird unidentified flying object yeah and he got so full of himself he told for, for he i heard him tell joe rogan which love it or hate it that's the number one media source period in america right now he gets more listens per episode than all of the news media come fucking bind you know what i'm saying yeah so you're gonna go on a program of that magnitude and tell this man that you can use the energy from your mind to 100% channel a UFO to come to Earth and then ask people for money. And he got called out on it. And then other people called him out on it. And he was so sure of himself that he went and was supposed to pull one in and couldn't do it. And now most people that do that shit would be like, they're here, but they're only in my mind. He didn't even try that shit. He was just like, well, it's not working today. And so everything Stephen Greer did, I mean, the documentaries that he put out, they're really not a bad watch. No. They're well done. But and I think he does that on one of them, doesn't he? The meditation circle. Yes, the first one, and, he does yeah. that shit. Uh, but he doesn't, he's got kind of an excuse, but yeah, it's all, it's it's bananas. It is, it, it's, it's, it's cult-like behavior. And, and that's what happens with everything pure and fun and beautiful in the world, like aliens it just gets muddled into this mess where you can't believe things because all these non-sex having motherfuckers come along and ruin what's actual factual shit it's like subway yeah the sandwich spot okay same shit i'm it's a cult yeah yoga mats oh well that's what the bread is is a yoga mat the straight up uh kid touchery oh yeah that guy did you're yeah. right man, man this it's goes the same shit right man Those hey same... Skinwalker Ranch is Subway. Subway is the fucking number one sponsor of Skinwalker Ranch. I knew we would figure this shit out. Uh, yeah, so this uh, this study, they've raised the most money for anyone researching alien shit. And we sidetracked on Stephen Greer because he's the second highest. And you see what an absolute kook this is. And now DeLong's a little bit kooky and he's super gullible, man. The problem with Tom DeLong is that he gets information and then again just because of the social media network that we're we're trapped with uh everything goes from this person to us right away instagram facebook tom DeLong will receive information and then make a post and he's been duped so many times like people were trolling him sending him pictures like so he was like well my friend sent me a picture of sasquatch and uh, it was a picture that had been circulating on reddit for years and had been proven fake but if somebody was like, hey, man, look at the Sasquatch picture I took. Like, he's blowing the lid off shit. He's ready to go for stuff like that. So that really hurts his credibility. And not only that, but Tom DeLong in interviews does another classic thing that conspiracy theorists do. He's got a lot of good things that he's saying. But when he's asked to prove it, he's always excusing the source by saying, well, I can't tell you that. I, I've, I've got the, I'm telling you what's true. But I can't tell you who told me. Because, take my word for it. Yeah, and you can't they just said take Jesus, Tom but. DeLong's word for it. Yeah, that's it, man. He's like, God told me. That's Everybody the classic. Like, hey, Tom DeLong's a born-again <laughs> Christian. Isn't that what happened to the guy from Corn? 
Yeah. Is he like an alien guy too? I know I he's a boring know. I mean, Christian. he believes in Jesus. Hey, man, I'm going to be the only way to get off methamphetamine is to become a Christian. You're right. <laughs> I, I watched like a YouTube video of that dork from Corn being like, yeah, man, I was banging out big old rails of meth every night and fucking a bunch of strippers. Like, why would you quit that to go to heaven? But <laughs> isn't that, that isn't heaven supposed to be everything you love compounded where you, you feel no burdens? If you're in Corn and you have millions of dollars and you're making easy cheesy music, simple, and you have disposable everything and all you have to do is get tooted up on methamphetamine which i imagine if you have no responsibilities is a great time but if you don't have anything to take care of it's got to be fun i just don't believe and that then story just eating stripper ass i don't believe that story i mean i believe he's eating stripper ass because oh yeah he still is he's just, just without meth wearing some jinkos yeah some ponies and shit he's having a good time well, listen, if you're banging meth you're not writing corn type of shit you're, right you're fucking writing like demolition hammer and fucking oh, like yeah. all kinds of kick-ass thrash i wish yeah so is that you think that's what happens is that corn maybe it was like writing good music in the practice space and they're like, hold on, guys. This is not the formula for success. Yeah, no, we can't do this. we got to write some really dumb shit and like make people think like we're kind of rappers, but we're not. But then we are also got bullet holes running through us because yep. we're tough as fuck. And then we'll do the song with Ice Cube at one point, and it'll sell so much shit. What That's a, what the fuck we'll be doing. What a weird trajectory Korn had as a band. I never, you know. it's Korn could have been the best thrash band ever if they're snorting that much meth. Oh, you go fast, baby. Fast as You fuck. go fast as shit, man. Demolition Hammer. I get Those guys do drywall and methamphetamine 100 percent, dude there's i mean they're still they're playing shows still and they're like 50 yeah and guess what the fuck is up they're still the one of the heaviest fucking oh. bands if not the heaviest band in thrash in thrash i i would i would say i yeah i'm willing to say in thrash demolition hammer is the heaviest thrash band shit's heavy dude. hard and they're balding they're meth to the tits yeah man uh but yeah delong and Elizondo, again, because we took a side trail, Elizondo is the guy who is the head of the AATIP. They're the main voice of To The Stars. And what they claim is that they have an alien alloy capable of making a spaceship that produces energy rather than using energy. Essentially, you don't need rocket fuel. You could make a craft out of this metal that they have. Now... Here's where Bigelow ties in because the only connection that Bigelow has to this is Tom DeLonge making hints at uh, Robert Bigelow being involved by saying things that Robert Bigelow has said or, hey, we're meeting with a huge investor on the inside of NASA today, which, by the way, Robert Bigelow still currently works for NASA directly. Um, he, he, this alloy that he's talking about is Robert Bigelow's baby. Now, Robert Bigelow has never done an interview He's never sent an email in his entire life, and he's a billionaire. He That's got to make you think he knows some shit. But he, the work that he was doing that can be publicly researched, and the reason why he got so much money, what Harry Reid was saying, is that he had this alloy, and it cannot be linked to any planet that we've ever experienced. Anything that us on Earth has ever come in contact with does not match up with this alloy and supposedly the alloy is is like weightless it can shift into different shapes and when you move it around it creates like a kinetic energy um you've probably seen that thing where it's a marble 
on what kind of looks like a roller coaster, and you drop the marble, and the the thing is engineered just right to where the marble rolls down, and it looks like it's going to ramp off, but it doesn't. It, it's got backspin to it, and it gets caught, and it goes back, and it will endlessly do that once you drop the marble in there. It won't stop until you stop it. So this metal, by compressing is supposed to generate energy like that. So basically what they're getting at is they could build a craft out of this that's capable of intergalactic travel. In other words, it could go to a different sort of dimension, like a whole other Milky Way, a whole other galaxy, all the things that we traditionally think uh, cannot be reached because it takes so many light years to get to. They have supposedly cracked a way to do it. Now, they don't have the resources to do it right now, and that's why they're trying to raise money. They're trying to branch out into space travel. And this isn't anything outside of the norm for today. A, a lot of people are pushing the envelope way further than NASA is right now. I mean, Elon Musk, SpaceX. And, of course, they're not involved with Elon Musk because Elon Musk is for sure an alien. Is he? Dude, his name is Elon Musk. I have mean, you ever heard of a human named Elon? No. That's that's an alien name. Point one. Point two. He smells bad because he's got musky. He's musky as fuck. He's just stinks. a fucking fart hole. He stinks. And, and he is in a relationship with that girl that Johnny Depp was in a long-term relationship with. May or may not have beat up. She was going to sue him. Drop the suit. But let me tell you this. The only person who's going to follow Johnny Depp into fucking is a goddamn alien. Johnny Depp has got what you would call a Deep Space Nine, in addition to being beautiful. That's a, the coolest name for a butthole I've ever heard in my <laughs> and, life. <laughs> and, and, and Elon Musk has got more like a, a Babylon 5. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, he's just not up to par in the battlefield girth. So he's like pretty much the corn of fucking space. He's dead. Well, I mean, he's not slinging dick the way that Johnny Depp is, and he's with her. He's with. He's a goddamn alien. That's you it. Think he's, he's weird like, as fuck. He knows all this shit. He may. He says shit that's gonna happen, and it fucking happens. It's like oh, uh, electric cars. Like I mean, he he made Tesla. He's responsible for Bitcoin. He just knows what the hell's going on all of the time. So. All I'm getting at is that they're not partnered up together. Now, Elon Musk is what I would consider SpaceX to be the definitive envelope pusher for space travel. And a lot more, but he is really trying to get somewhere. And he's got more plans than if a motherfucker sent a car to Mars. You know what I mean? That's tight. He ain't playing bullshit games. Uh, But, you know, they're they're not conjoined together. They're two separate... They're the more successful outside sources of space travel besides NASA. Even though Bigelow works for NASA, they still have, supposedly he's working. And a lot of people from AATIP went to Tom DeLonge's organization. And now, again, Tom DeLonge's organization, the waters get muddy too because AATIP is a government organization. Now, I'm sure people are getting paid salaries, but this is a for-profit organization. It's not a non-profit. I mean, what they're doing is to raise money. So they get money from this scenario, and they're trying to raise enough to build an intergalactic spacecraft. And he, I'll give Tom DeLong credit, he explains what he's talking about well enough that I understand what he's explaining, but again, he cannot prove it. There's no specific source like he doesn't like he there's a video of the metal being messed with but it's just a short video like it does not prove what he's saying at all and he but he's got the fucking money to back it up he's got the finances now right but but that's from crowdfunding i mean yeah exactly that all the so if i didn't make that clear these elizondo and delong so delong is like out here getting money from 
music fans and kids and and people that are interested in Tom DeLonge's career, they're like, whoa, look at this guy. He's in tune with space alien shit. And I, I 100% believe what he's saying. I think that what's going on with him is he's just locked in with these people. I think that they left the AATIP because they lost funding. Once Harry Reid was gone, they they weren't able to get the funding that they were used to. And the, and the government says that they just have more important things to focus on. Now, whatever that's all about, I don't know. But he's now in bed with these people. So I believe that they're telling him all types of crazy shit. He wants to believe in aliens. Always has. A lot of fucking Blink-182 songs are about how he believes in aliens. He's an alien guy. He loves that shit. I got no beef with that at all. I think he believes what he's doing. And I think that it's a pure pursuit that he wants to get to the bottom of some shit. And he feels like he can help connect that. But they're using him as a beacon to get all this money. Because he's, and again, he's doing it to his audience. And then Elizondo is doing that to the scientific community. Now, Elizondo is a military intelligence officer. Had been before AATIP for almost 30 years. So he knows how to manipulate things in the way that a military intelligence officer would. Uh, very interesting guy. His whole thing is that he... Uh, a skeptic's a hard word for him because he, he does believe that there is UFOs, that there is outside life. And that's not a hard stretch to believe anymore, guys. I mean, as much information as we get about how infinite what we would consider space or a galaxy is... There has got to be something else. I, man, I, I will go out on a limb and say that I definitely believe that there is something living beyond this planet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I've seen some things that I think that are that are very fucking credible. I mean, like that I, I've scared the shit out of me to mm-hmm. a point of almost shit in my pants. Let's you hear know? it. You, you want to? <laughs> I mean, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Let's... Well, uh, I used to, I used to uh, live in a place outside of uh, Tyler, Texas called uh, Chandler, Texas. Yeah. It's kind of a farming community. Mm-hmm. And I know most of you are going to tell you that like, I never really experienced a lot of hunting. You know, I wasn't one of those kind of people, you know, especially living in the South. Yeah. Like uh, I just didn't get that shit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I worked at a bar an electric cowboy, which is essentially like the Walmart of bars. So it's like a fucking, you know, it's a franchise. And uh, I did my, my job there. I did security there. I left, came home. So it was about a 30 minute drive and uh, as I come home, coming home, I decided to take a piss at this gas station, but it's closed, so I'm peeing outside to mm-hmm. get back in my car. And as I'm driving, I hit this uh, plot of land. It's just like empty land with cows and shit or whatever. It's just farmland. Yeah. And I see this. It's almost like a spotlight, and it's green, and it hits it hits like around that area. And then uh, I'm just like, who the fuck hunts outside? Like at this time of night with the spotlight, you <laughs> yeah. know, like that's what I'm, th- I don't know anything about hunting. And then about that time the light hits my car and I can't see anything. My car turned off and, and I'm, you know, driving on the road at this point. And then, uh, it goes over the tree line beside my car and I'm scared to fucking death. Like I've never seen anything like this before in my life. The car turns back on, but when it turns back on, instead of me being on the road, I'm in the ditch and, uh, I immediately called my grandpa at the time and I was, and you know, this is like two or three in the morning. I'm like, I'm crying cause I'm scared to fucking death. I don't know what the fuck's going on, you know? And, uh, and I told, he said, well, that's God trying to get your attention. I was like, man, if that's God trying to get my attention fuck that guy, cause that shit scared the fuck out of me. And for the next 24 hours, I was actually sick and vomiting and just Damn. didn't feel good, dude. And it fucked me up, man. And, uh, 
Actually, uh, a friend of mine, Trey Watson, could attest to this because I was actually really fucking sick. I was actually barfing the same color green as the light. Yikes. And I and I know that that sounds crazy as shit, and I don't really like to share that, but, you know, it's whatever. You can believe whatever you want to, but that that's the only thing that I can attest to is that just scared the fuck out of me, and I've never had anything like that just shake me like that. Well, I can know? verify that you've had sex before, which lends a lot more credence to your yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you may wonder where we're going with all this Tom DeLonge, Robert Bigelow, credible government space travel plans. How does it fit in with a massive conspiracy and possible monster factory? Well, buckle up as we take a look at the history of Skinwalker Ranch. Now, the property borders the Ute Indian Reservation, so there is a long documented history of paranormal happenings. The Ute tribe believes this property has been tormented by skinwalkers for hundreds of years and know the ranch as the path of the skinwalker. Now, a real basic definition of what a skinwalker is, it's defined as a person in certain Native American traditions who can transform into any animal when wearing its pelt. Now, it's a lot more than that. That's the briefest way I can explain. I mean, Native Americans are not the only culture that have this phenomenon. There's many different sects that believe many different things about it. But if you never heard of a skinwalker, and I imagine that everyone has, and that's why I'm not trying to dumb it down for you. In 1994, Terry and Gwen Sherman purchased the ranch at a fantastic deal. They have the ambition of starting their family's cattle ranch on the property. The day that they brought all their shit to the ranch, they start moving their furniture. As soon as the truck comes open and they start pulling stuff in, the couple spots a giant wolf in a cow pasture and began trying to scare the wolf off. Now, these are seasoned cattle ranchers. They've dealt with tons of wildlife before. They seemed unbothered and were shocked as they watched the wolf bite into one of their calves in broad daylight. In shock, Terry grabs his rifle and shoots. He continues to engage the wolf. He hits the wolf again, and the wolf was unfazed. Fires another round from a high-caliber rifle at a close range into the wolf, and the wolf is not doing anything. It's simply standing still and staring right at the guy. The wolf remained on his feet, and then as he got a little bit closer, the wolf simply trots away like nothing happened. And then when Robert goes to inspect the calf in the area, there's no trail of blood to where the wolf went. This was the beginning of a litany of bullshit for the Shermans. And these are salt-of-the-earth people. They've got no reason to lie and bullshit about any sort of paranormal activity. Now, again, I was an old-school conspiracy theorist. I mean, all the shit... All the most documented cases like fire in the sky, um, at the the mixed couple, I can't think of their name right now. The more famous UFO cases, you can always break it down and find a reason that they had to lie. In other words, they were unhappy with what they were doing and, and they, they had no logical way out of it. So they made up this fantastical lie. Maybe, again, these things could have happened, but if someone is able to dissect your story and find a reason why you would lie to make this happen, then that makes you 50% less likely to believe. That has never 
happened with the Shermans. They're salt of the earth people. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, they kept a detailed account. And there's tons of tangible evidence, like their neighbors. I mean, again, these are nice people. They they were very open about it. And of course, people thought they were crazy at first, but it just kept happening to such regular, nice people. And they took pictures. They took video. There is all types of evidence. It's all, if you Google, I mean, you can Google like Skinwalker Ranch, anything I tell you about, and you'll find pictures of it. I know that too. I, I You may have covered this while I was taking a piss, but uh, I know that when they first bought the ranch, there was actually deadbolt locks on the inside of the buildings where they bought the ranch at because they were that like they didn't. They're like that's fucking weird, you know. Yeah. So whoever had lived there before was like, you know, basically trying to keep something from coming in. Yeah, yeah. I may have not, uh, I may have not framed it the right way. I I said that they get they got a great deal on the property. Yeah. Um. The again, I, I told them while you were gone about how the Ute tribe consider this cursed land. But yeah, uh, and in addition to the deadbolts on the inside, they had huge, like, dog leads. What do you call it? Like the thing that goes in the ground that holds a dog leash on yeah, it, yeah. Uh, with a like a thick chain that kept the dog from moving very far. Like they would put the dogs in front of the door. And yeah, they had deadbolts on the inside, so that way you couldn't unlock the door from the outside. I mean, the, the, the property had tons of paranormal history, and I mean, again, with this tribe going back. Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. It, they, they, again, the Ute tribe considered it cursed land, and that's why they got such a good deal on it. And if you're somebody, um, you know, you're a cattle farmer, you're trying to to make a living in a very, very hard industry. I mean, you know, most I, I have uh, my grandma's sister and her husband were cattle farmers for forever. You, you barely squeak by. I mean, you get grants from the government because you're a farmer. You get tax breaks from the government because you're a farmer, but you're, I mean, if you have like a small farm and you're not churning out a factory farming operation, you don't sell near as much cow as you would think, you know? So you're doing it because you love doing it. You're not going to be rich. So if something, if you want to relocate, maybe get more land or an, uh, a better place for your cattle and you find an incredible deal, there's no reason to ask questions. Yeah. You know, it, you're, you're making a good move and that's what they did. Um, and so, uh, again, you know, they kept a super detailed account um, and crazy shit started happening. I mean, they would wake up and find an entire season's worth of crops scorched into the ground with no smoke or fire. I mean, like what we would consider a crop circle, but just a mashed down, burned out area like something um, searing hot had come down on it, seared it to the ground and then gone away without anything else around having any indication of heat, no smoke, nothing smoldering. It wasn't hot to the touch. Um, uh, shit in their kitchen would constantly be moved around. Um, like they, they would bring groceries in, set the groceries down, go take a piss and come back. And all the groceries would be put away where they don't normally put them away, you know? And that, and that just leads you to when you're a logical person and shit like that is going on, your, your mind just starts running. Am I going crazy? Is this a haunting? Is there some, is, is go are ghosts real? <laughs> like what the yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. am I caught into right now? Because I don't believe in things like that. In fact, these are like Christian people, you know, and, and now they're stuck in this shit and they're just trying to, you know, sort it out the best they can. Uh, a set of prize bulls went missing. I mean, you know, they had a, they had the cows and you didn't have bulls that you keep separate because they only want to be around the cows to fuck the cows, make a baby cow, to have more cows to sell for more money or make milk or whatever you're doing with cows. So their main bulls went missing and they were missing for like four days. They couldn't find giant fucking bulls. 
and they had looked everywhere, and they had an old abandoned cattle trailer on the property. The cattle trailer was shut and locked, and when they unlocked it and opened it, the bulls didn't do anything. They seemed like they were in a trance, and these were two huge bulls now. Uh, there's pictures of the bulls crammed next to each other in the trailer, and then there's pictures of Robert, um, not Robert Bigelow, Mr. Sherman himself standing in the trailer. There, there's no way that animals would go into, they they don't fit. They're, they're like totally smashed in there. And then, you know, once he gets in there, they snap out of their trance and freak out and starts trying to get out and they can't get out. So they smash out and rage all over the property. And you just don't know what to think at that point because what he just witnessed is impossible. And what he's thinking is like, okay, we got a good deal on this. There's this reservation over here. It's got to be the neighbors don't want us here. And they're doing these things to, to run us out. And then he's starting to think like, is there a native American sort of witchcraft that they're doing to us? That is not within the realm possibly for me to believe, but I'm documenting it just the same. They're feeding the bulls heroin. Yeah. Like we get these bulls all sauced up and lead them around wherever we want to. Um, they saw one time, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Sherman saw an RV pull into their driveway you know, on in a farm, some, you run into some weird shit like that. You're out in the country that could be coming to turn around. It looked like a nice RV. They walk out to greet the vehicle, and they saw the vehicle lift off of the ground and not fly away but ascend into the sky. Uh, the family was haunted by disembodied voices almost all day, every day at a point, in languages they could clearly hear but not place. In other words, it, it wasn't... I mean, I don't speak a foreign language, but if I heard someone speaking in Russian, I would know, okay, this is Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. You know, if you heard Spanish, you would know this is Spanish, but this was a tongue that they just couldn't place. Even if I heard someone speak in Latin, you, like a weird old language, just because of the accent and shit, you can kind of place, or they're speaking a human language, you know? Sometimes that's the case, or sometimes you're just getting your ass ate and you think like, man, this person's Russian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I like to call an Eastern promise. <laughs> uh, then the cow mutilation began, which is the most damning evidence of all, because cows would disappear and then turn up days later, ripped to shreds in the most bizarre ways. Like it, I mean, what the cows look like is that somebody was just trying to figure out how the body worked because they would come back and there would be certain pieces of their face surgically precision removed, ripped off to where you could see the muscles and veins. And then their certain pieces of their guts would be pulled out. They would be looking into the inside of the cows. Everything would come all torn up and just mutilated in different ways, almost different every time. And they documented all that shit. If you want to see something gross, just look it up, look up, um, Skinwalker Ranch cow mutilation. I mean, it's bananas. There's no, I don't, and and I don't know. We're, we're going to, this is like the logical side of all this shit. Next week, I plan to go into all the kooky shit. This a hundred percent happened. And I can't imagine just the effort that you would have to go to as a human being to take a cow for days and then rip it up in this intricate fashion. And then a dead cow come back undetected. I mean, they got dogs. They're all there. Drop it off in, in, in out in a pasture or close to the house or whatever. Totally undetected. But there's no blood. Is there any there, blood? No, there's no blood. no blood. It didn't happen there. That's what I'm saying. That's like, fucking cat, weird, yeah, man. It's super weird. And 
no matter how you feel about any sort of paranormal activity, you cannot deny that that is some insane shit. I mean, when you look, if you look at the pictures of these cows on lines, you never see like a pool of blood or blood inside of it. It's a clean, I mean, it looks like a fucking anatomy dummy. Like when you're in the doctor's office and they've got that heart and uh, brain sitting on their counter, like a plastic recreation of some shit. It's bananas. Uh, the, the family, it got so bad. They ended up having to sleep together in the living room and they were all having identical nightmares. So they would be all, you know, it's a family. They're all in their own bedrooms. They woke up every single night in a panic and terror. And then they started discussing their dreams and they were all having the exact same nightmares. So it just got so intense and so terrifying. They would all have to pile in the living room and sleep as close together as they can. They would start waking up at the same time. And then they would sit around and discuss the dream that they just had. And it just always happened. And now that could be like a group think type of thing. You or know they were just watching a lot of goddamn Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's a little bit explainable. I mean, once you start, once you get in a cycle where you're having nightmares and you're losing sleep and you don't want to go to sleep because you keep having a recurring nightmare, which is so terrifying or sleep paralysis or whatever. This keeps happening to you. You dread sleep. The less sleep that you have, the more prone you are to that happening and the more prone to like hallucinations and seeing shit. And that's easy to impart as a group think situation. But again, I just factor it in with everything else that's going on to these people and it, it, it adds up, you know, and also, you know, you could say that the lack of sleep is adding up into seeing the other events. But again, this tangible evidence, tangible evidence, that's what I'm always looking for. And, and, and that's what is so interesting about Skinwalker Ranch. There's tons of it, tons of it. And, and, and you don't ever hear about it, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you do if you're in like a conspiracy circle, but I, I know so many people who are like, what the fuck is that? And it, it's one of the most well-documented cases of different paranormal activity of all time. Um, the family has been there for two years. They're tired of the shit. They want to put it up for sale. They haven't even put it up for sale yet, but they're trying to come up with a plan. Um, th- th- what's being discussed within the family is that they bought the ranch without prior knowledge of the paranormal shit. Yes. Yeah. And as far as I know, yeah. They think it would be unethical to sell the ranch without explaining everything, which I would agree with. So now, again, you're talking about small business people who are in one of the hardest industries, and they're trying to figure out a moral way as good people to explain what's been going on to the next purchaser. Well, before any of that could happen, lo and behold, they get a giant offer way more than they paid for the property. Damn. Out of nowhere. And guess who came along to buy this cursed land? Oh, Robbie Bigelow. Robert Bigelow, of course. And he was at the time with the National Institute for Discovery Science, which is now defunct. And that is one of the biggest researchers of ufology of all time. And they generally openly looked into all things paranormal. I shouldn't just say ufology, but that's always been Bigelow's main shtick. Again, next week, we're going to get more in-depth of the paranormal going-ons. I try to keep it with one, but there's just so much. Some of the conspiracy theories about Bigelow, and we'll tie it all back together with why that matters with what's going on today. Yep, 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 yep. This shit's wild as fuck. I mean, I mean like, the I've watched a lot of shit about, doc, like, documentaries about Skinwalker Ranch and everything, and so far... Your documentation of everything has been the most credible 
I mean, I'm sure it's like you've gotten a lot of information from different things, but it uh, correlates to like a more of a, um, if you're a skeptic, you can believe in that shit based on the evidence that you've, you've gotten. But then I know that, that it goes so deep and there's all, especially when we start getting into Robert Bigelow and uh, all those other things. Oh yeah. I mean, you know what, what I did this week and then most of when I say I'm doing research, I, I mean, we're fortunate. I mean, if we would have lived in the eighties, obviously none of this shit would be possible. The technology wouldn't be there, but also, you know, you have to go to the library and trudge through shit. I can just sit at my computer for hours and look at everything. And what I like to do is look at the absurd side of every story and look at the more logical side of every story, because obviously, and this is just regular critical thinking somewhere in the middle is what's actually going on. And anytime, even with like factual cases, there's always like a exaggerated report. Like it's, if someone wrote a book about a serial killer, there's obviously some sort of way to church up what happened to sell more books. I do the same thing with conspiracies. I mean, you can, you just go down path after path after path. You have to read it and think about how that correlates into what's actually documented and try to piece together for yourself what happened. Now, I wouldn't even call myself a skeptic because I'm super open to the possibility yeah. and I want it to be that way. I mean, I want more than anything for there to be paranormal things. I like being scared and uh, I, I fucking don't. <laughs> I, don't I, I also hate the idea of there being so much information out there that we can't access, that the government can't access. And I think that, of course, I would talk about this all the time. That's the way that society's going. We're going to get to a point where everything's transparent and you might as well just come out with the shit. Anyway, you got to look in the middle. This week, again, is the middle ground. This is the documented shit. This, these are the things that are actual factual shit. Next week, we'll talk about the crazy shit and see how much of that could actually apply to the documented evidence we have, which is a surprising amount. Um, again, I'm not a skeptic. I think that there is definitely weird shit that goes on, but how far does it go? It's so easy to spin out. It's so easy to become an old man who doesn't have sex anymore and spend all of your energy on, well, I saw this in the sky and it, I mean, you just, your mind goes fucking crazy. You know, if you let it take you somewhere and that's totally what you focus on. And also once you make paranormal shit, like once you decide, that a conspiracy or Bigfoot or an alien is your thing. You know, once you become that, once you cross that threshold, that makes you go down that path more and more. It makes you believe more and more because you've put so many eggs in that basket. You have to keep going down that trail. Now, a lot of it's good fun, man. I mean, if you're going Bigfoot hunting and you're just going camping with your friends and taking some mushrooms and shit, well, fuck yeah, that's a lot of fun. But when you get more serious about it, man, I mean, it really just hurts. (laughs) idea of paranormal shit because you look crazy and we can't believe what you have to say. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I don't know, man. It's like, a there's, there's a lot of that shit. And what happens is you get these goofy fucks who are just, they're just weird as fuck. And then they want to like, they tell you all these like crazy things. And then they're, they're, they're really just like men that are really cat ladies. But the fucking collection of cats is really like ancient aliens. They're collecting all the DVDs and they're fucking jerk into that shit. And they're like, hey, man, this is pretty hot. These aliens, big eyes. Like, how do you boot cock <laughs> on a bunch of aliens? And and it's so hard because the alien can't close its eyes. So, you know, when they get coming there, it burns really fucking bad. And so you just, you can't believe these pieces of shit. Yeah, I need someone 
that's good looking and has sex, like Tom DeLong, <laughs> to come along. Yeah, pretty much, man. And, uh, Tom be DeLong, the, be the biggest dog. <laughs> <laughs> be the voice of reason, man. That was a ton of fun. Now, we got a couple of things that we do towards the end of the podcast. Of course, this is Death Metal Dicks. We are revolved around death metal. We take paranormal events. We take serial killings. We take cult activity, and we compare those to some of our favorite death metal songs. Now, this week is not the case. This is not... One of my favorite death metal songs. <laughs> I'm getting tired. We've done uh, we've done a lot of slam, and I do not. That's not my genre of choice. If you like it, that's tremendous. Um, you know, buddy brought up an interesting point earlier when we were talking about it on the in the car on the way up. It's a, it slams like a gateway between people that like deathcore and people that like death metal. You know, it kind of drops the uh, core part and and starts to bleed over into actual death metal, and that's great, and that's pretty popular right now. But Buddy uh, made friends with a guy that lives in Hot Springs, which is the town in Arkansas we live in. So I'm all about it. I think that's awesome. And I and honestly, man, and I tell people this: like, if I don't like a band, I'm not gonna like support it. But dude, I actually like we're on the opposite of the spectrum. I actually do appreciate this music. I like it a lot. Um, I mean, it's on my Spotify every once in a while. I'm just like, hey, man, I'm it's fun. I, here's the okay. I shouldn't say that I don't like it. Here's the best way to tell it. Now they're like in genres of music, you'll hear a certain song and that song will make you think of a different artist that you always go to like traditional heavy metal. I'll hear a riff and go, man, I really want to hear Judas priest right now. And just hearing like half of one of those songs, I'll hear it and just go back to Judas priest. Uh, slams the same way. Once I hear that the, the most guttural vocal and like tuned to a, and just like, I'm like, Oh, mortician. And I will just go listen to mortician instead. You know, and it's a fortunately victim. I got it. look. I, I think I think we can agree. You like Gorgasm. That, yeah, that's a slam band. Yeah, you know. But like, I, I think that. Uh, but again, if I listen to a Gorgasm song, I'm just going to listen to Mortician. <laughs> I agree. I love Mortician. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, but so before we get to the song, let's uh, shout out all of our patrons, guys. Everyone that's a patron, you guys are terrific. Again, if you go to Death Metal, if you go to Patreon.com backslash Death Metal Dicks. What you'll find, again, we've been saying it for a while. I'm really trying to tune it up. We're going to make a video um, for our Patreon that kind of explains what we're about to the outside audience so other people will come in and see the Patreon, see what we're doing. I've been trying to kind of fine-tune the tiers that we have offered. And and I just want, if you do, if you interact with us on a fiscal level, all I want is to make sure we're getting an even exchange because I have donated money to podcasts because I love what they're doing. And I understand the work that goes into it. Um, we've got a lot of patrons, but on these tiers, once you get to a certain level, we shout you out as a producer on every podcast. So I of course send endless thanks to these people who, I mean, we just got stickers. I was able to go out and get stickers. Thanks to these people. So thank you so much to cat McCorkle, uh, lives in town. Very cool. Ryan Parker, one of my oldest friends, he's giving us me listens to the podcast every week. He said something to me that made a lot of sense one time that said, when I sit down and listen to the podcast, I can't be around you and Buddy as much as I want to, but when I listen to you guys talk, it's like I'm in the room with you, and I love that shit. And that's the way that I wanted to do this shit, so that's great to hear it from a friend. And then, of course, big old Matt Mess, thank you so much for your contributions, and Bobby Henderson, we talk to him all the time on the internet. Don't ever be shy. Speak to us. Uh, we love it. it we're, we're all similar, and we all get involved with the same thing. So we're trying to just build a, a big community, 
And, you know, again, if you don't want to do the Patreon subscription thing, you can give us a one-time donation if you feel so inclined. PayPal is deathmetaldicks at gmail.com, or you can go through Christopher Pierce on Venmo. Either way, again, we're not begging for money. What we do with that is we turn that back into something for the podcast. And we just got stickers. Our next move is to get our website going. We got the domain. Someone, um, uh, Fred McAllen was generous enough. He, he had like a, he already had like a website, bought our website, hosted it on his domain. Just me and buddy don't know anything about technology. There's no, no way it, that we could HTML or adjust a website at all. If you go to deathmelldicks.com, you'll see our logo, but <laughs> that's as far as we've gotten. We want to be able to, you know, give somebody money to do a good job hosting our website and we want to have shirts. That's probably our next goal. We, sh- we shouldn't be super far away from getting shirts merchandise-wise in the next couple of months. So thank you, guys. This shit really does make a big difference. We're just trying to build a community, and I'm so glad that you found us. I hope that people like us out there can find us, and that just happens by word of mouth. We're on that DIY shit, and we're we're busting ass, and uh, we're, we're glad you guys are into it. So what we'll do is close of the podcast like we always do with my favorite segment, listening to my best friend buddy try and read lyrics. And again, this band, uh, Buddy ran into this guy. He's from our hometown in Hot Springs. He's got a pretty big following, and it's intense slam. If you like slam 100%, this is for you. Because as far as that genre music goes, this is some of the better shit that I've heard from that genre. Yeah. For sure. Uh, the name of it is Alien Invasion Defense System, and it goes by AIDS. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, he's got a four-way split coming out with some other bands. They he primarily writes about uh, alien stuff, so it's it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, and and it's it is brutal. It's heavy as fuck, and it's a one-man band. And I love that shit. I mean, yeah, black yeah. metal, like all the respect in the world to somebody who can compose an entire song by themselves. And the name of the song is "Credulous Species." And of course, as always, drunk Buddy Lloyd is going to read the lyrics to you. (laughs) We exist, ancient mortal beings, not alone in this universe. Burn, burn, don't try, nihilistic black hole, glory hole, exhumed and buried without faith. You believe you will do something in this universe? I'm sorry, universe. He spells it with Y-O-U, you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's deep, it's universe. Uh, (laughs) What can change without showcasing your skull? You're out of time, this is where you die. Can you feel the occultic gaze? Getting this shit off our chest. Lifeless bitch lynch, this fucking witch. What... What if we just show up in this total weapons race in our new spaceship with knives coming from our chest? Hell yeah. We show how we can how how we say when the United States our f- final creation to destroy this planet. For me it's useless. Watch the mountains collapse at your feet, engulf the globe with darkest flames, and hell the embers of your family. This is why humans are so goddamn violent. This is the end of life. You're all haunted, fucking and beating and hating ourselves. Why don't you believe in a living hell? God will save you. Tell all of your friends, lucky for you, you're already dead. Pushing the needle down your throat, bleeding and spewing your deserve. You deserve it all, twitching and squeaming while losing life. The final sound of wasted spite. All right. Yeah, that's real slammy. Uh, (laughs) The fun part about that, too, is, you know, 
the monotone way Buddy read it in the spacing, I guarantee you, just sounds like. For, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong. Uh, <laughs> man, we had a good time tonight diving into some uh, conspiracy shit, non-murder shit. Uh, it's fun to switch it up. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to just make a real cool banging one-parter after we did the three-parter. But God damn it. It just keeps going and going and going. So we're going to nail it down to two. And then we'll have one more episode, uh, or next week is the week of the live show. So we're going to do the episode next week. And I've been really kicking around the idea of putting out the the live show with Sam Talent out on the feed, at least for a couple of weeks. So you can see that. The, I think we ought to just keep it up, dude. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess the idea is to attract people to do the Patreon, but after this one, they'll all for sure only be for patrons. And that's just, you know, they're special, I think. I think a lot. I mean, we do this every week. This is special to me, but going out and experiencing something in front of a crowd um, and just the the energy that comes off of that, it's like a live record. I mean, it's totally different. So sharing that should only be with the most diehard fans, yeah, I think. Nah, sure. We would probably put the one up just to to let you experience that because not everyone obviously can travel to Northwest Arkansas. And also we want to come to where you're at. We're totally open to, uh, doing shows with bands, not just comedy. I mean, if I wanted to, I, if I wanted to only stick to a comedy fan base, I would have done a fucking podcast about how you shouldn't pull your penis out in front of people that don't want to see it. That, that, but I'm way more into, I mean, I'm into comedy shit. We'll do whatever, but listen, I will. I think a ton of fun would be having a great death metal band and us on the same show. That's all I really want, man. I just want to see good shows and dude. mixing it up, dude. I mean, we're in a endless entertainment. Uh, and as always, signing out. I just want to remind everybody: Satan and God are both inside of you. Satan's way cooler. You guys can do. Every single thing you want to do. It just takes time and it takes work. And if you got something you wanted to get done, do it yourself. Don't listen to the normal path. Don't take advice. Have something you want and just chase it down. That's what Satanism is. Fuck everything else. Focus on you and what you want to get done. And if you do that, the worst that happens is you fail at that. And the likelihood... And you grow grow from it. You You learn from it and you start all over again. And you don't listen to outside advice, guys. If you're following somebody else's path, that road was paved by somebody else's. It wasn't you. You build that shit on your own, and you fucking become your own god, and you do what you want to do. And that is sweet. All right, guys. Serve Satan. We'll see you next week. Hell, the darkest lord to suck the bung of all you see. Except for kids. We are being in our finances, in our wars, in all of these various things by people not from this star system. And that's what needs to be researched.